Good morning. Welcome to Tuesday, and thanks so much for being here today. It's uh, another nice day in the province. Mild, maybe a little bit of wind. We are going to see that off and on over the next little while. But if you look at the forecast, if you look at the temperatures, we are a stark difference from where we were about a, a week and a half ago, and uh, that's a welcome change. So mild temperatures as we cruise into this work week. And we have been talking over the last couple of weeks about education, and I, I would suggest it's been sparked by teachers, right? The fact that teachers are going through some job action. They were on strike yesterday again. That's the second day, second full day of striking for the teachers. I expect we will hear something from them in the very near future about what is next, unless they get that very random phone call from the province that says, okay, let's go back to the table. But Labor challenges and contract bargaining has not been going well for the teachers and the province in Saskatchewan. And so as a result, it's bringing about a lot of discussion. We're talking about complex classroom environments, disruptive students, lack of supports in the classroom. From there, we've gone to funding. Where is the funding model and is it broken? Right. Lots of people are pointing back to 2009 when the government made the decision that it was going to take funding basically mill rate increase uh, ability to do those kind of raises in mill rates away from the boards that prevented local boards from dealing with their community issues. A lot of people are pointing back to 2009 and saying that was part of the funding problem that we're now experiencing when it, when it comes to education. Then we get into roles in education, right? Are the teachers trying to do something that the board should be trying to do? Are the, are the boards trying to do something that should be the responsibility of the provincial government? Then we get into curriculum challenges. Like this, this kind of just continues to snowball and, and build upon itself. And really, I think it comes down to a bit of a philosophy around education and children. So speaking of that, last week, I ventured into this whole notion of, of social promotion. Basically, should we be failing students? In my opinion, and from what I've heard from teachers, and I have, I know there's a ton of teachers that agree with me, that the fact that we no longer fail students, and I'm not talking about there should be a minimum number that fail every, I'm just talking about students that aren't able to achieve that standard that is necessary to be promoted, to move on to the next grade. Are we doing them a service by moving them forward anyway, as opposed to holding them back? Well, social media as it can do, showed me that there are a lot of people that are on the other side of this. There's a lot of people that say absolutely the wrong thing to do. Failing kids is archaic. We're better than that in 2024. There's all kinds of studies that show dropout rates go through the roof. There's a lot of dialogue on both sides of this topic. And so I wanted to dig into this with someone who has a perspective on this from a professional standpoint. And that is my guest this morning. Ash Neraldin is my guest, the former CEO of Big Brothers and Big Sisters in Regina, now the owner of Mathnasium North Regina, and he joins me in studio. Ash, thanks for being here. Good morning, Evan. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you being here. So, am I, you You had mentioned to me off air, you saw my, my little soliloquy mm-hmm. that I did, and the video was posted online, and lots of people were all over. Do you think I'm misguided in that statement? I don't think you're misguided in your statement. Uh, at all. And in fact, I'd, I'd probably level up a little bit on that and, and say not only are we not serving kids, um, at least when it comes to math, um, but we're actually doing them incredible harm by pushing them forward 
um, into topics that they just have no business learning yet because they're not ready for them. Mm-hmm. There, there's a lot of people on on both sides of this argument. I, you know, it's anecdotal for sure, but I talk with a lot of teachers. My wife is a teacher. There's lots of the ones that the teachers that I talk to that feel like this is part of the problem. When we're talking about complexities in classroom, a lot of it has to do with children who, in their opinion, have been. I keep thinking promoted, but it's advanced to the yeah. next grade. Yeah. And maybe it's not that first one. Maybe it's not that move from grade two to grade three where you start to see it, but but potentially it's in grade seven, mm-hmm. right? After they've been moved mm-hmm. beyond their academic capabilities. And then as a result of the fact they don't get it, they're not keeping up, they're having challenges. One of the easiest ways to manifest that is to to act out or to to do things that might be disruptive in the classroom. That's a fascinating um, perspective. In fact, I, I would challenge it a little bit and say, you know, it may not seem that it may not seem to be a big deal in those earlier, you know, years like grade one, grade two. But if you actually fast forward all the way to grade seven, you know, the topics that are being taught at, in that cla- in that at that grade level in, revolved primarily around algebra. Right. What's algebra? Mm-hmm. It's adding. It's subtracting. It's multiplying. It's dividing. It's fractions. It's exponents. These are all the things that we learn in grade one to six, mm-hmm. but with letters right. instead of numbers. So uh, in, in our case, you know, we serve, we've served roughly 105 schools from Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, even into North Dakota, South, or, uh, North Dakota and Montana. In those cases, what we're seeing across the board is that these kids who are struggling in grade six, grade seven, guess what? They're not struggling in math. They're struggling with numbers. Everything in math is numbers, mm-hmm. except now it's letters. So if they don't know how to do this stuff with numbers, what do you think is going to happen? And whose fault is that? Right. Chatting today with Ash Neraldin, who is the owner of Mathnasium North Regina. I, you know, you, you and I chatted a bit off air and you're, I know you're not here purposefully not wanting to be here to promote your business, but tell me what it is just so that we understand kind of that bird's eye view that you have of this challenge in the province. What is Mathnasium? Mathnasium is a learning center. Um, it's basically, its primary function is to help kids with math. Um, and in order to do that, we really need to understand what's, what are the challenges, right? Mm-hmm. And then, um, so the school system is kind of designed to meet kids where they're at. Uh, sorry, it's, the school system is designed to meet kids where they're supposed to be at based on their age or based on their grade. Uh, whereas what we will do is we're going to meet kids where they're actually at based on what they know and what they don't know. Um, and then, yeah, improve right. math outcomes accordingly. So I've heard you talk about, about math as being, you know, this foundational skill. You touched on it here today. And I've heard you talk about how math is, is different than learning science. Why, why is that? Because math is a sequential subject. And this is something that, in my opinion, I find that the education system just doesn't respect. Um, everything that a, a child is taking in the classroom today mm-hmm. in math is absolutely 100% based on something that he or she took yesterday or last week or last month or last year or five years ago. Uh, a great example would be like multiplication. What's multiplying? What's multiplying? It's just adding on steroids. What's adding? It's just counting on steroids. Mm-hmm. What's exponents? It's just multiplying on steroids. Um, and, and so if you don't have yesterday locked down, it will show its face today and it will wreak havoc. And that's what we're finding. Right. So that, that, you know, those math skills you learn in grade one, grade two become foundational in three, and then you advance from there. Whereas with science, as an example, you, you might learn something in a, in a chapter or a term, but then you're likely to go on to a different subject. Yeah. My daughter can 
do quote poorly in in grade I don't know three three science where they take planets and solar system, but that doesn't necessarily mean she's going to do poorly in grade four science where they learn paleontology or dinosaurs. Right? right. They're not connected. Right. Um, uh, math is is not like that. English is not like that at all. You cannot teach someone how to read if they don't know you know their alphabets, for example. Chatting today with Ash Neraldin, who is the owner of Mathnasium North Regina. So. You know, recently we saw the PISA store, uh, test scores came out. And again, this has been common for Saskatchewan over the last, sadly, more than a decade. Mm-hmm. Our students in Saskatchewan are testing lower than most Canadian students. Mm-hmm. And that's, I believe they use 15-year-old students for that test. And, and they do tests all over the world. It's 700,000 kids are tested. Yeah. And, and the fact that Saskatchewan... Canada is sinking in terms of how we are doing compared to the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. And within that, Saskatchewan is right near the bottom for both math and reading. You're not surprised by that. Is this a curriculum problem? Ooh, that's a loaded one. Uh, it's, a, it's a few things. Definitely the curriculum um, comes into play. It's also what we were talking about earlier is that math just isn't being respected as a sequential subject. Uh, but to the curriculum spa- uh, piece, yeah, I mean, there's definitely <laughs> there's an evolution on how math is be, being taught in the classroom. Um, and I can definitely see firsthand that it's not serving kids. Um, we're not teaching kids how to think anymore. We're just teaching kids how to do, pardon my French here, but just a bunch of crap. Uh, we're having them rely on temporary memory strategies that you know get them to the test on Friday. They meet expectations, whatever that even means. And then they forget all this stuff over the weekend. And on Monday, you can ask a child the same question that they got correct on Friday. Mm-hmm. And they'll look at you and they'll tell you, I can't remember. And that's the problem with math is, is that it's being taught like tricks and, and, and new math and all these things that just make me want to pull my hair out. Um, you know, the argument could be made that this is an icing on the cake philosophy. Great. But we're, 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 where's the cake, you know, and, and the cake. You'll find that cake when, when we begin to teach kids how to think, how to visualize. If you ask parents, Evan, you know, to describe their kids, I would say 90% of them will say, my kid's pretty visual. They're pretty creative. They have an imagination. They enjoy, they enjoy art. They enjoy video games. And that's a brutal because it's so true um, and that the majority of kids that are struggling with math are, are struggling not because there's something fundamentally, quote, wrong with them. Mm-hmm. They're just being taught in the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and back to the visual um, analysis, um, math is actually a form of art. I remember when I first heard this, I thought it was kind of lame because math isn't pretty. Math right. is ugly. You know, art's pretty, right? Yeah. But there's a reason why the prerequisite for math in kindergarten is something just called patterns, like triangle, circle, square, mm-hmm. what's the next shape? And, and the reason why that's such a fundamental prerequisite is because math is actually nothing but the study of patterns, all the way up to grade 5, grade 8, grade 10, grade 12. You know, the nerd calculus stuff is mm-hmm. just the study of a pattern. But what happens is, unfortunately, in grade 1, we get them away from thinking visually and seeking out patterns and recognizing um, patterns, and we move them towards doing. Like what? Count on your fingers. Hey, it's a tool. It's attached to your body. You may as well, which is fine. Water wings are fine. Training wheels are fine, but we're not teaching kids how to get off these crutches. Um, And so when we move into the higher level topics, for example, I can ask a child, what's 7 plus 7? Most kids will say 14, but a minute later I can ask them, all right, man, what's 7 plus 8? And they'll just look at their hands and go 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? It means they're not thinking. They're just doing, Mm -hmm. right? And the same can be applied with multiplication. What's 12 times 8? 96. Oh, do you have that memorized? No. But I just know 11 times 8 is 88, 12 times 8 is one more 8, boom, pattern, 96, mm-hmm. right? 
And it's that philosophy that just gets lost in the classroom because we're just telling kids, go home, memorize, rinse, repeat, process, carry the one. How come? Shut up. Just do it. Out of zero. Why? Well, that's just the way it's done. And we're not thinking anymore. So, they, again, it's a temporary memory strategy. It gives you a false outcome in terms of how they're actually doing, meet expectations, whatever that means. And then on Monday, I can't remember half this stuff. Right. Okay. We're, I want to take a break. But where I want to go when we come back, I uh, have mentioned this on the air a couple of times. I have had a ton, and I mean a ton, of teachers reach out to me in the last couple of weeks saying, look, I can't come on the air. Because the STF speak on behalf of teachers, and as a teacher, I can't. In fact, some have said they would face disciplinary action if they speak out on some of these things while this is going on, right? While the labor dispute's going on. But they've reached out. I've had conversations evenings and weekends with teachers who are telling me really surprising things about, especially math, about teaching times tables until the superintendent comes by, and then they tuck it in a drawer and go back to teaching the new curriculum. I want to dig into that a little bit more, and we're going to give you a chance to weigh in on this discussion as well. The phone lines will open up for you this morning at one 332 8255 Your thoughts on maybe curriculum or let's talk about should we go back to failing students who don't meet academic grade level? That conversation with our guest Ash Nereldin is coming up next on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Welcome back and thanks for joining us this morning. We're talking about this idea of social promotion. And I, and I've thrown it out. My guest, by the way, is Ash Nereldin, who is the owner of Mathnasium North Regina. We were just chatting about this off air. I threw out, should we go back to failing students who don't meet academic grade levels? The, the word fail, I think, is what triggers people one way or the other. And really, Ash, you, you've pointed out it's, it's really not about failing, is it? Yeah, it's not about what you say. It's about how you say it. But at the end of the day, it is the outcome. And, and again, pushing someone forward into something they have no business learning is a terrible idea. You know, we don't in, in our center, we don't sit there and go, ha you failed. You failed. No, we just, you know, you're going to master this topic before you move on. And when you master it. We're going to high five you. We're going to celebrate the you know what out of it. And, and it's going to be an awesome day. Um, but I know teaching a kid Mozart when they're at a Yankee doodle level is a bad idea. And right. I know what's going to happen. The language uh, on this, of course, people talk about social promotion, which is the idea of regardless of how you're doing from an academic standpoint, you will continue to progress with your grade level, with your age level. And then if those extra supports are needed to get you up to that standard, that's the philosophy that will happen. The the other side of it, it rather than using the word fail, they talk about retention, right? Holding holding you back and, and yep. trying to find ways to get you there. So just before the break, I talked about the fact I had a teacher reach out to me who suggested that this is common. In fact, I've talked to four teachers now who have said they teach timetables, even though that's not now part of math curriculum. They still will teach it. They just will hide it in the bottom drawer when anyone from the division level comes around because they want to be seen to be teaching curriculum. Is that Does that speak to the problem we're having, in, in at least in the math curriculum right now? I mean, I'd say definitely there's a, there's a, there's a very valid reason why teachers are not bought into this new math. Um, and, uh, and I think it's because they're seeing firsthand that it's just not serving the intended purpose. Um, and so, yeah, it's a little bit of a free-for-all. Um, I have my thoughts on this new math, and at the end of the day, I kind of, I'll just reiterate what I said before in that it's, it's, it's a temporary memory strategy. 
it is icing on the cake when we don't even have a cake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is, do you see from, from your vantage point, are you noticing a certain age or grade level is struggling more? Is it elementary? Or is it high school that are, that are having challenges? They're, they're all struggling, but they're all struggling for different reasons. Um, generally speaking, kind of like what I mentioned earlier, Evan, when, I have, when we have the students who are you know, in the grade 7, 8, 9, 10 space, uh, they're not actually struggling, generally speaking, they're not struggling conceptually with math. They're struggling with numbers, um, and unfortunately, everything in math is numbers. Um, on in the younger or the primary years, the one, two, three, four, five grades, um, we just find that kids are struggling with the memory because that's what they're being told to do: memorize, 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 rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. And they're not visual; they're not being able; they're not able to see what they're doing. They're not able to see that nine times three is just ten times three, less a three. Uh, and they're just, just trying to remember, and and they're being told they have focus issues because they can't remember, or they're being told they have. Uh, you know, attitude issues or, or, you know, toxic and, and you need to smarten up and you need to shape up or, 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 or something's wrong with you. And so there's just confident, but across the board, I'll say it's a confidence thing for sure, because they've just developed these toxic relationships with the subject. Ashton Reldon is my guest today. He is the owner of Mathnasium North Regina. And we're talking about basically retention in school. Should you be, should you be held back if you're not able to, from an academic standpoint, progress to the next grade or through the theory of social promotion should you be moved i've read a ton of research on both sides of this there's a lot of research compelling research that says social promotion is one that prevents kids from dropping out of school now you can find research that'll say the opposite yeah. that you know the the fact that you that we're pushing them forward is causing them to drop out because they they're just not getting what they're understanding so it, it depends i guess which survey you read we're going to have to take another break but ash is good enough to stay with us right until 10 o'clock and so what we're going to do after uh this quick news break is we are going to open up the phone line for you so that number as you all know is your key one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. if you've got a question you'd like to ask ash whether it's on math or maybe you just generally want to comment on your view your perspective of the challenges that we're seeing right now with with children in school, how well they're comprehending and whether or not this whole notion of social promotion is something that's causing us a problem or if it's absolutely where we need to be on this issue. Your thoughts and more with our guests, Ashton Reldon, when we come back on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Well, thanks for joining us today. We are talking about education Surprise, surprise. We've talked about it a lot over the last couple of weeks, but every time we talk about it, a couple of things happen. Number one, I learned something. And number two, you want to talk about this as well, which I always appreciate. one 332 8255 And today we have a guest. Ash Nureldin is our guest. I first met you when you were CEO of the Big Brothers Big Sisters in Regina. I think we had the opportunity to work together on a couple of things there. Now the owner of Mathnasium North Regina. And we're talking a lot today about about curriculum, particularly math curriculum. And that's got a lot of people calling in and wanting to participate in this conversation. I'm going to start with Lorene in Unity. Thanks so much for calling in. What's your thought on this whole notion of social promotion, holding kids back, math curriculum. Where do you stand on it, Lorene? Well, I'm a retired teacher, and I would like to pat your guest on the back for um, dealing with math. Uh, My daughter was in grade two when the new math came in, and I'm so thankful she had me around the kitchen table to to do real math instead of wordy math. 
And um, uh, as for repeating students, uh, I think it depends on the student. If they're really struggling, for the sake of the student, they should be held back. Uh, But if they're, you know, if they're going to catch it in a couple of years or have a chance of catching it, then they can maybe move on. Loreen, you, you, being a retired teacher, I'm curious to know your thoughts. You, you talked about you have some concerns with the new math that's being taught. In a nutshell, what is the challenge from your eyes? Oh, when they switched over math, uh, we had our hands slapped. If we were still drilling and practicing, that was not to happen in the classroom. But, of course, you continue, <laughs> you continue with your homemade booklets, uh, helping the kids memorize their math. Uh, but no, you weren't encouraged to do that at all. In fact, discouraged. And some of our administrators uh, were almost forced to promote the new math, but on their retirement, they had lots of, uh, a lot to say about how terrible it was, how watered down it was. Um, very disappointing for our students. Ash, any thoughts for Lorene's uh, comments? Yeah, I mean, great comments, but I also think it's, entirely connected to the grievances that teachers have today you know they're they're being told uh you know do more with less Mm -hmm. um they're also being told we want uh yeah they have to deliver more outcomes in a more diverse playing field uh and it's brutal because you know we can't regardless of anyone's opinion on education in 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 our system we can i think we can all agree that kids are different kids are unique not one kid is the same we say this all the time but the bigotry behind this is that in the same breath or the next breath, we say, yeah, they're all different, but let's take 30 of them, 30, 40 of them now, and shove them into one classroom with one teacher, with one textbook teaching one way, and let's expect one outcome. Well, that doesn't even make sense. Like, the theory behind that doesn't make sense. And that, I think that's exactly why we're finding what we're finding. Because, yes, in some instances, this might work. In some instances, that might not work. You know, kids are different. And we got to really individualize and meet kids where they're at. Ashton Reldon is uh, my guest in studio today. The other thing that I thought Lorene said, and she said it very just kind of passing by, mm-hmm. uh, she talked about spending time at the kitchen table in the evening. Mm-hmm. That That's an important part of student learning. Yes. Parent, parents need to be involved. Yes. I remember both my mom was a school teacher, uh, but my, my dad, who was not a school teacher, um, he, he would sit down and I, and I always appreciated his, his input and help. And that continued into high school for me, that, that ability to involve my parents. I was lucky that way. A hundred percent. I, I get that, but that's, that's a missing part of, of this in some cases as well. I think it is. Um, I don't think that's unreasonable at all. And I mean, I'm a parent as well, and I can tell you, I mean, we don't sit at the kitchen table. I can't get this five-year-old to sit anywhere. But uh, over, I mean, yes, when she's strapped in her car seat, yeah, we're actually doing seven plus eight. Well, seven plus seven is fourteen. Eight's just another number, right? And yeah. you know, stimulating the right. the neurological pathways in the brain to just think. I can imagine your five-year-old's got math, some mad math skills, I'm guessing. So I want to go to the text line. We've got a couple of other callers waiting, but I want to go to the text line because lots of people are texting in and, and they're providing basically the, the other side of this. So Gail texted in and, uh, Gail mentioned she, they held their child back when, when they were in grade three. And she says, worst decision of our lives. The child grew up believing that he was not smart not worthy, less than, etc. Not only in school, but also spread into their social life. Confidence was gone. I would have rather had extra after-school program, math or reading programs with more individualized learning. What are your thoughts there? That's, that's the other side of this, is by holding a child back, 
Is there a, a stigma? Is there something that comes to it? I'm guessing that's pretty individualized. It is pretty individual, and I don't think there's a one size <clears throat> excuse me a one size fits all model on that either. Um, I will say that on the on the flip side of that, I can I can say with certainty that with the thousands of kids that we've served, um, you know they know. You know I, I get it. It comes from an incredibly good place that we don't want to hurt kids' feelings, we don't want to hinder confidence, et cetera, et cetera, and that's a real thing. Um, but fast forward to that kid who was never held back. Now they're in grade 10. Now they're in grade 11, Evan. Uh, yeah, how do you think they feel now? Because they don't leave their room. They have an eating disorder. They think they're stupid. They know that they literally have one year left, two years left before they're entering into, quote, the real world. Uh, and they know their options are really, really limited because math is universal. You want to be a plumber who owns his own business? You want to be an engineer? You want to be doesn't matter what you want to be. Math is going to follow you. Um, ask that kid how he feels now. So I don't think it's a simple answer. I definitely think, again, it's, it's, it's kids are very different. But mm -hmm. one thing that your, your texter did mention was that there was an effort to do, you know, proactive after school right. stuff like that. Yeah, that's definitely the answer. If the school system isn't going to equip itself to to handle these challenges, then yes, parents absolutely have to jump in. And, and as I sit here and talk to you, Ashton Reldon, my guest, the owner of Mathnasium North Regina, if we fix the problems, you're out of work. Great. You know, when I bought this place, I didn't think I was... I bought this place thinking we were going to be the icing on the cake, Evan, Yeah, where we'd serve 10, 15% of students and, you know, remedial or enrichment, whatever the purpose was, we were there. I did not think we were going to be the cake. Right. And the icing. Right. Um, and, and yeah, no, if you were to tell me that if we fix this problem, I would say, awesome. I'm a huge advocate for getting this problem fixed now. Right. Yeah. The, the curriculum thing is, it, again, the, the teacher's labor challenge, if nothing else, mm -hmm. and nothing else has brought out all of these issues, the wide array of issues. It's given us all a deeper understanding on the complexity that is education in our province and, you know, a bit of a bird's eye view from different vantage points as to what solutions might be to fix it. Elaine from Spring Valley has been waiting patiently. Elaine, thanks for calling in. What are your thoughts on the whole uh, math curriculum topic? much for this show and for taking the call. Ash, uh, I, I love your example about the icing on the cake when there's no cake there. And to me, it's, it's symptomatic of, of pretty well every area of our lives now. Uh, we've lost the foundations, I think, of everything. And uh, Evan, you saying talking about the importance of the family. I don't admit this to everybody, but I am a former encyclopedia salesperson. World book, <laughs> and the, the the training material and stuff with that stressed how important parents are. That we are the first teachers, and really the most important teachers in life. Uh, others, other teachers are are extremely important as well. But parents have such a, a a vital role to play, and I think that's that's been forgotten and and taken away. But. Uh, when you're talking about math specifically, one of our sons uh, was an aircraft maintenance engineer, and his whole career, uh, he's left that area now, was on uh, helicopters. Hearing about the tragic crash in B.C. this morning just makes my blood run cold because when I told him, he has two sons, when I told him that math is now being taught here in Saskatchewan by guesstimation and estimation, he looked at me and he's a pretty big guy, six foot four and a half and carrying too much weight. He said, oh, that's interesting. 
Well, when the planes start falling out of the sky, I guess they'll think maybe that wasn't such a good idea. Well, and you know, that that right there, what Elaine's bringing up is in, in the real world, you know, I, I understand estimation has its place in life it 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 but as a foundation for a curriculum is that where we're we're rooted in some problems definitely and i don't think um there's yeah i definitely think again it it comes back to um you know the nice thing about math is that math has a right answer and right math has a a wrong answer i feel that even that is under fire um but no the it, it leaves me speechless and i'm not honestly ever in that mm-hmm. position very yeah. often but no it's definitely but she's bang on yeah one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. uh more room for your texts and calls we're going to take a break ash is going to stick around till 10 o'clock ash nereldon my guest the owner of mathnasium north regina and we're talking a bit about math math skills math curriculum the importance that that plays in not only your child's educational life but in life beyond school as well and the general topic of social promotion is the idea of moving children along regardless of how they do from an academic standing is that the right thing to do or do we need to go back to looking at i said the word failing a lot of people think that's triggering okay we'll call it retention if that's softer at the end of the day What's the right thing to do? Lots of people weighing in on both sides of this. More of your texts and calls when we come back on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. Well, it's another morning of great conversation today. We're talking about the education system, particularly focusing on math. My guest this morning is Ashner Alden who is the owner of Mathnasium North Regina. And uh, we talked a little bit about social promotion off the start, which is this notion that basically nobody fails. No one is no one is retained in their grade. They are promoted or moved forward with their class based on keeping them from a social perspective with those of the same age. Um, I think you and I, it's safe to say, Ash, are on the same page on this, but not everybody is. Not mm-hmm. everybody is saying that that's the way to go. I will say we've got a lot of texts that have been coming in this morning. People on both sides of this, Colleen from Buena Vista is saying parents need to realize that if their child fails in a subject or grade, it isn't a personal attack on them or their child. Children need to be taught from the beginning from their parents and teachers that if they're held back or not pushed forward... That's a positive mood, that being mm-hmm. held back will actually make the child more knowledgeable, self-secure, and will improve their self-esteem. You would agree? Oh, wow. I, I couldn't have said it better myself, Evan. I mean, I've done some things in my life. I've been pretty successful at a lot of things. But in order to get there, I can also safely say that I have failed a ton. And there's those moments that are probably the most pivotal, pivotal, pivotal oh, my Lord, yeah. in my life. And, uh Yeah. Failure is the best teacher. Now, how do we, you know, we've had a couple of texters, and there's there's a few here that I may not even get to that are saying, it was the worst thing for my child. Retaining them in the grade that they were in, not moving them forward, was the worst thing for them. Does that does that lean into how it's done? I would say so, but at the end of the day, it doesn't need to be about um, failing per se. It's just, all right, let's not advance them into things they have no business you can, you can brand it or market it, whatever you want. I'm, I'll get out of that kitchen. I'm advocating for let's stop pushing kids into things they have no business. It's dangerous. You know, it doesn't, not only does it not help them, mm-hmm. it, it causes harm. You're, the, your area of expertise is, is on math. We actually had yeah. a caller during the break who couldn't stick around to join us on the air, but wanted to know, do, do we have any sense how we're doing? Um, 
I guess, Saskatchewan and maybe even in Canada mm-hmm. with our math scores compared to other Europe or, or other parts of the world. Ooh, I don't have the handbook on me, um, but I can tell you this. We are definitely declining. We've been declining for quite some time in terms of math outcomes, at least. Um, and, and it's fascinating because I, I sit with, you know, parents who are, quote, new Canadians every week in my office. I'll assess their children, and surprisingly, you know, they'll come out at grade level or fairly close to grade level. And I'll look at them and I'll say, why, why are you here? Like, your, your kids are actually doing well. And, and they'll tell me bluntly, you know, our, we've been here for a hot minute in Canada um, or, you know, six months or whatever. And they see what they see in our education system. And they just, it, it terrifies them. Right. And they basically say, no, we're not here because anything's wrong. We're here because we want to prevent this from go- becoming completely derailed. They'll be the first to admit that back home and where we arrogantly consider these countries to be third world, they'll be the first to admit that they don't have it figured out perfectly over there. But this notion that every child, you don't finish their race, you get a medal, you know, uh, just memorize, memorize, rinse, repeat, you know, they'll be the first to say that, yeah, no, that's, that's not, that's not what got me through math. Right. Kind of thing. A lot of it has to come, you know, with how we prioritize education That's right. really is what, is what it's about. Yeah. We only have a, a, a couple of minutes remaining here, but you and I were talking about foundational math as a life skill and your drive through example, I think would be a good way to end this. Yeah. Well, the, the, the notion that, you know, math isn't necessarily a thing that everyone, I, I, everywhere I go, I was just buying tires trying to figure out math, which is the better deal. Yeah. Last week I was in a drive through and I can't remember what the tally was. It was like $21 and 50 cents and, or no, it was 1850 and the, and I gave him a 20 and then I, he put it in and I just gave him 50 more cents and he just looked at me like, I don't know what to do with this. It's in the system. And I'm like, all right, brother, just, just dig deep. You, you got that. You, you can do this, you know? And, and I think that's the core of kind of the issue is that we're just not fluid. We're not thinking anymore. Right. We're just teaching, you know, rinse, repeat, memorize, rinse, repeat, tricks, new math, all this stuff. And mm-hmm. it's, it's showing itself everywhere. Evan. Right. Well, you know, I, I don't expect that you and I are fixing this today. And, and certainly there's a lot of people that are part of this discussion. But, you know, I will say that the teachers strike and, and the labor challenges that we're seeing with educators in our province, if nothing else, has brought some of these issues to light when we're talking about classroom complexities. Yeah. And so, Ash, I really appreciate you taking an hour to, to join us this morning. I'm sure we'll do this again. Likewise. Thanks so much, Evan. Ash Nereldin was my guest today for Mathnasium North Regina. We're talking about retention versus social promotion in schools. And uh, thank you all, by the way, for weighing in on this. Uh, the text line is still continuing to rattle forward. Uh, we are going to change gears. We are going to now step into harm reduction and some of the challenges and changes that have been made recently by the provincial government when it comes to safe inhalation kits no longer being handed out, and even education pamphlets when it comes to harm reduction. That topic with a couple of people with expertise thanks to lived experience which is an important voice to hear in this discussion that's coming up next on 980 cjme and 650 ckom